Hey everybody, and welcome to Libromancy, a podcast about the magic of books. Today I'm talking about Senlin Ascends by Josiah Bancroft, so let's ascend into it. This book was first self-published in 2013. Later it was picked up by Orbit in about 2018. It was was a good decision on their part because it's a really good book. It's uh, the steampunk genre, and I picked it for Book Bingo 2020 which I'm trying to accomplish this year. Hopefully I make it. This book can fall under several different categories. You could put it under exploration, having chapter epigraphs, uh, or self-publish, those three for sure. And, you know, uh, it can go under made you laugh if it makes you laugh. It can go under optimistic. It has a pretty optimistic tone throughout the whole series. And if you really stretch it, it can probably go under big dumb object. So, uh, I love this book. I thought it just had the right amount of action to non-action parts. It was never too slow, and any time I felt like it was getting slow and dragging on, it would pick up and move to an action. So the plot, the story was very sequenced well to never keep you in that adrenaline high from all the action for too long, but never lull you into not caring through the non-action parts. Let's uh, start with the plot. Um, Thomas Senlin, who's a school teacher, is going on his honeymoon with his new wife, Maria. They go to the Tower of Babel, which is the place to go, and they get separated once they get there. And Senlin realizes that he must ascend, climb the tower to find his wife, uh, because they said if they separate, that they were going to meet at the bathhouse level of the tower. So uh, when they get to the Tower of Babel, you learn that the tower is divided into ringdoms, or just you know another word for kingdoms. Basically every level of the tower is its own land and has different rules and different amenities and things there. So, so let's go through the various levels of the tower just briefly that we're going to uh, visit in this book. Um, you start off with the mudroom to get into the tower. Um, that leads you into the basement. From the basement, you go to the parlor. Um, the parlor takes you into the bathhouse, ruled by the commissioner. And then after you leave the bathhouse, you get to the docks kind of an area. So that kind of gives you a small layout. I'll go into more about each of those when we get to the spoiler section. Another thing I really liked about this book is the the characters, of course. They're very well-written. I love the changes you see in Senlin, that he starts off kind of as a uh, a stick in the mud. Uh, oh, well, the handbook says we have to do it this way, so we're going to do it this way. Uh, the handbook says, you know, just very prim and very proper and kind of, you know, I don't want to take chances. I just want to do follow the line. And near the end, uh, by the end of this book, he has changed and he is doing more things, you know, outside of his comfort zone without following the rules per se, because he has to, he's learned, he has to learn to adapt in order to survive in the Tower of Babel. So let's move in to our major spoiler section here. This is, like I said, a great book. You will love it. It made me laugh at certain parts. It just as a great read. So if you haven't read it, I highly recommend it. I'm going to start 
Um, Thomas Senlin, here's the spoiler ship, just so you're aware. Thomas Senlin and his wife, uh, they take a train and they, oh, shoot. Uh, I don't know if I said that this is a steampunk book. I will edit that in somewhere else. <laughs> um, okay, yeah, so they get, they arrive by train. They start looking around at the marketplace. Um, Senlin has this trusty handbook all about the tower that he's carrying around and reciting things from. They're having a good time. And then Senlin makes the classic mistake that every man makes. He doesn't want to go purse shopping with his wife. So he lets her walk a little bit into the shop. And then after a few minutes, he turns around to look and see if he can find her. And she's gone. And he can't find her. Well, that's a problem. So he resolves, hey, I know what to do. I'm just going to stay here. I won't move. She'll be able to find me. You know, we'll come back to the purse shop. She'll find me. Everything is going to be good. So he waits there all day. She doesn't he, She doesn't find him. He waits there all night. And then the next day, they rebuild the entire marketplace because uh, it's all traveling uh, markets and salesmen. And he realizes that if he stays there, she'll never find him because every day the marketplace is completely different uh, from what it was the day before. So he starts searching for her, just deciding, all right, well, I can't find her by staying still. I'm going to find her by searching for her. So he goes off and he starts searching for her, and he's obviously having no luck. This is going to be obvious to us because it's called Senlin Ascends, not Senlin Walks Around the Tower. Um, he does find a wall of notes, literally a huge wall, where people who've lost their loved ones or have missing connections write down on a piece of paper or whatever and leave it up on the wall for the future for people in the to read. So he was he resolves after being in the marketplace that he needs to climb the tower, that that is where Maria is going to be waiting for him. He... Uh, finds a man, Adam, who offers to help him through the first part of the tower, and they go through the mudroom, which is the entrance to the tower. Uh, it's described very dark, very gritty, very dirty, uh, mad dash of people, just very incredibly tough to get through. Uh, he gets through, and he thinks everything's good. He goes to sleep, and the man that he met steals all of his stuff. and runs off with it. Luckily, Senlin, you know, didn't keep all of his stuff in his suitcases, so he has a couple things. After being in the mudroom, he moves on to the basement, uh, the next level of the, ta of the tower. Uh, you can kind of picture the basement as just like a huge beer garden. Um, they have pumps and other things that you can pump and work and work at, and basically you do that and you get free beer. Uh, so there's a ton of people who come through the tower just for the basement so they can get the beer, enjoy themselves, and be done. He Senlin here meets a man named Finn Gall, who kind of tells him a little bit more about the tower, shows him how to move on to the next stage, which is the parlor. Now, the parlor is a very interesting floor of the tower. Uh, a lot of people... As Semlin's talking around, a lot of people come to the tower just for the parlor. Now, the gimmick of this floor is that 
everyone has to take part in a play. There's no audience. There's no rules. There, Well, there's two rules. You have to only go indoors with your character name on them, and you have to light a fire in every room you go in. And as Senlin's asking around, he learns that, you know, they change the place monthly so they don't get stale. You know, everybody's, it's such a good thing. So he, he says, is there no other way for me to get to the top? No, you have to go through the parlor and you have to participate. So the play that Senlin gets to participate in is there are, there's a uh, husband and wife and they ha- the husband has a business partner and the business partner and the wife are falling in love and they have a butler and Senlin luckily gets to be the butler and you know they start out their play and it starts okay if okay means that you're the married married quote actor immediately murders his business partner who's fallen in love with his wife um that totally freaks Senlin out he's like uh just murdered him and basically flees and hides with the wife the entire time during that play. I forgot to mention that the plays are a week long. So you have to stay in character, light all these fires for a week before you can move on to the next level. Now, as you saw, as I said earlier, there's only two rules. You go in the right doors and you light a fire in every room. The rest of it doesn't matter. So this actor, you know, killing his fellow actor or person who just wants to be in the play is not a uh, not a problem for them. They don't care. Um, Senlin talks and meets, you know, learns about his the partner, the wife, who is running around trying to avoid the husband, the murderer. Throughout this, he learns her name's Edith. She comes from a family. She owns her own kind of farm, but she's climbing the tower to find her husband. And basically tell him off that he needs to get lost. So they they make it out the week just barely by running, hiding, and staying alert for the murderer. They get out, but Edith the, has broken a rule. She did not light a fire in one of the rooms when she was fleeing it from the murderer. And so she's in trouble. She gets branded which means that she will never be able to climb the tower again, that she is effectively blocked, and if she is found attempting to climb the tower again, she will be killed, just straight-up killed. Sedlin, however, always lit his fire, so he's allowed to move on to the next part of the house, the next part of the tower. Think of it as a house because, you know, so far we've had the bet mudroom, the basement, the parlor and now we're entering the baths and those are all rooms in the house so i kind of think of the tower as a really big house um, baths is one of the nicer areas it's got pools it's got bars it's kind of like your little bit more sophisticated neighborhood yeah it's controlled by the commissioner and you know Senlin starts searching for his wife here and he's not finding her at first so uh, he meets a man that he spends the majority of his time here with, named Toro. He always says he's going home the next day, but never does, and gets a, a stipend from his from his family back at home. Always wanting to see them. There's a lot of character development with him. It's quite quite good. 
happy, poignant, sad. It's all it's all in there in his relationship with Tarot and the things you learn about him. Uh, Sandlin goes to send a post office at home, lying and saying that everything's fine, that they're just extending their honeymoon a little bit. And nobody is definitely not lost, that everybody is right where they're supposed to be. He liberates a book from the post office worker who is censoring it by marking out all the words from the back to the front, which was kind of interesting. And the book he liberates is very informative. It's about uh, tricking young women into being mail order brides. Now, if that doesn't put a little suspicion or or foreshadowing, then I think you're wrong. Uh, that's definitely what's happened to his wife, which we see that she was picked up by a man that he said that he would look for her husband and convinced her that she needed to, you know, follow his instructions. Now, we don't see anything bad happen to her on screen or off screen. There's no indication of any assault of any kind, but just that she's gone. So, uh, Senlin, as he's wandering around, he happens to bump into an artist uh, named Ogier, who has painted a picture of his wife. He, you know, they bump into each other, he spills his artwork, Senlin helps him pick it up, sees a picture of his wife that he's painted, and says, hey, who is this? You know, how did you find this? How did you paint this? You know, he relates, oh, well, you know, I painted her. And if you want more information on where she went or how to find her, then you'll have to, you know, help me out. And Stilman, of course, is a little bit reluctant. He doesn't know what he's going to ask. But uh, all Ogier asks is that he steals a painting back from the commissioner. Now, at this point, the commissioner is the, the head of the baths. He's the king, basically. He makes the rules, and if you don't like it, well, that just sucks for you. Uh, so, Senlin, after delaying and trying to come up with a plan, finally figures out a good plan, and it was a good plan. He, <laughs> sorry, I'm laughing a little bit here. He pretends to be an art reporter and exclaims that, you know, he wants to write this big report and just praise the commissioner up in town about this painting that he has. Um, after he goes there, he pretends to have an allergic reaction to the painting claiming that the painting is, you know, ruined, it's got the hint of perfume on it, it's it's a, it's a, it's horrible. The commissioner, of course, does not like that news, that his painting is devalued. Luckily, Senlin, of course, has a way to air out the painting and fix it, making it valuable for the commissioner again. Now, the commissioner, of course, doesn't trust Senlin right away, so he does assign a guard to him. Luckily, Senlin very sneakily is able to steal the painting, hide it so that he can get away, and he's able to get away. Uh, when he meets with Ogier, Ogier rushes him through uh, to the next section because he knows that the commissioner will not let this go, and that the commissioner will send his attack dog, the Red Hand, a man who has kind of a steampunk concoction it makes him incredibly tough and powerful uh, to kill Senlin for the painting. Now, Ogier does report that to Senlin that his wife was picked up by the bride maker and that she's being taken up the tower and he doesn't know exactly where, but, you know, he wishes Senlin all the luck and sends her up 
Silent arrives at the next level, the docks of the tower. Now, I know this level doesn't match up with our house, but that's just how it is. So he's immediately uh, conscripted by Jintal as the new portmaster for him. Uh, he met Jintal later lower in the tower, and ta- is, this was basically a test for him to see if he could get up to here. Then Jintal can use him. So he continue, He works for Jin, and he's trying to figure out you know, how can he move on. At least now he has some stable pace. We can keep eating. How can he climb up? He learns about the airships and the currents and things like that so that he can move on. He recruits a man, Adam, to his side with a promise to rescue his sister, Violetta, um, who's being held captive by Jintal at the local whorehouse. Uh, Senlin decides that everybody, nobody trusts anybody, and so the best way for him to escape is that he needs to steal an airship and he needs to pit Jintal and his, you know, his other underworkers against each other so that Senlin can escape in the meantime. Of course, he just barely sets off his plan when who should show up but the red hand by the commissioner looking to kill him and get the painting back. Luckily, they are able to you know, make it through the skin of their teeth through no fault of their own, more luck than chance, and they are able to escape and fly off into the distance. Now, whose ship did they steal? But uh, Edith's ship, she came back. She was there somehow. She's ascending the tower even though she was branded. And she comes back with a new mechanical arm. So she also has this steampunk arm. And that's where the book ends us. The crew escaping. We don't know where they're going or how they're going to get there. But they're on the way. Just a couple of thoughts I had while I was finishing up the episode is a couple of theories that I had. You know, who is this Sphinx that's mentioned a couple times? Uh, always in regards to one of the, the steampunk aspect of it. Uh, Edith's new arm or the Red Hand's concoction mixture that makes him super strong. What's their role? I kind of hope we get a couple answers to that in the next book. You know, the arm of the Sphinx. And where's all this power that Senlin, you know, can kind of see that is being created in this engine of sorts that the four floors are? Where is the power going and what's its use for? Uh, That's it. I liked it. It's a very good book. Very powerful. Very well written. I really recommend it. I have a couple of theories, but maybe we'll talk about those in the next episode. We've gone a little long here. And so that's going to wrap up my discussion of Semlin Ascends by Josiah Bancroft. Make sure to join us next week where we're going to be talking about the next book in the Towers of Babel series, The Arm of the Sphinx. I look forward to seeing you there. Thanks for listening, and thanks to David Hillowitz for the intro and outro music. If you have any questions or comments, you can send them to libromancypod at gmail.com. And always remember to ascend into the magic of books. Mm